0: Hello, hello, everyone! Welcome back to Loud. I'm your host Natalia Vargas, and we're back for another episode. Today we have a great guest that I had the pleasure of seeing at Yucca North and Flags of Arizona. He's a songwriter, multi intro—ooh, I can't even say that word—multi instrumentalist and producer. He has shared the stage with Lenium, Cascade, and many more. He has thousands of streams, so you already know he's moving you with his music. So it's time for him to steal your hearts with this interview. Welcome to the house studio, Bards. Hello. That was
1: the craziest introduction I've ever had. Is it
0: so crazy? About to
1: steal some hearts, yeah. You're
0: going to steal some hearts. I hope so. Yeah, I took that straight from, I think it was your YouTube.
1: <laughs> Did yeah. I say that?
0: You said this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was it like the high school talent show when I was trying to be all edgy? I'm like, I'm a stupid Yeah, art? Exactly.
0: Right. I usually stalk the crap out of my guest. I've been, you know.
1: That's terrifying. Well, I, yeah, hope, you're I, welcome. I hope I can. You look good.
0: At. Nothing for you to get canceled until this moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried to steal our hearts, so we're going to have to take him down. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. Immediately. Yeah, it's
1: the sign of the times, dude.
0: Well, you know, super happy to have you here. Thank you. I know you're super busy. Very busy L.A. boy. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time uh, to meet me and interview. This is, uh, It's about to be so much fun. I think that we're going to become best friends after this, so get stay are. tuned. So, you know, let's start by telling people who you are, what you do. Give us a little bio moment.
1: My name is Tyler Bardzelowski, so I got real creative, and I decided to just go by Bards. I think... I was like back and forth on that name for a while, and I thought, you know, my sound's probably gonna change as I continue to make music, so I want a name that's tethered as close to me as possible. So why not pick my actual name? My name.
0: name. <laughs> exactly. Very creative.
1: And I mean, I know that for a fact because when I started making music, it was of the Jack Johnson, Jason Mraz, like soft boy acoustic vibe. Really? And we've, oh, you've come were a long a soft boy? way. I was a soft boy. I'm a still a soft boy? boy. I was a sensitive boy. <laughs> but I mean, singing and guitars are still in my music, but we got a little heavier since then, but I think it's always gonna keep changing and it has to. So instead of like picking a name that was super tethered to a genre or a certain feeling I think was just gonna pigeonhole myself. So somehow I had that, like I saw the light early on. I was like, maybe this is a good idea. And I think it's kind of worked out since then. But as far as the genres are concerned, I've been making music forever. When I was a kid, toying around, taught myself guitar, played saxophone from like fifth grade to ninth grade.
0: Oh, really? Were you um, like in a jazz band or anything like that? I
1: was in I was in school band. I was in jazz band in middle school. Uh, we were pretty sick. And-
0: <laughs> All the girls were like jazz boys. No, I thing. was a band
1: nerd for sure, so the girls weren't, but one, they'll, they'll come around one day. <laughs> oh, one they will. Day.
0: It's like yeah. drum line. the Odessa Drumline. Look at them now. It yeah, they're, they're
1: crushing it, so yeah. I'm waiting for my moment, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been super into music forever. When I was a kid, my dad would take me to shows like I saw Kenny G when I was like four years old, Ooh, so I dad. think I've just had the jazz in me forever, but yeah, I've been super involved from you know singing and guitar, like acoustic style stuff, then went to college, got more exposed to wider variety of electronic music. And I think where I sit now is indie electronic because I do like to put a lot of, um, you know, my voice instruments, I like to go outside and just record the world and try and fit that in there. But then it is still synthetic to a degree and I do like electronic production yeah. and things like that. But where I where I sit on, like, you know, festival bookings and the type of, like, shows I might play, it's kind of in that lane, I guess, like... Louis Tong and like mm-hmm. kind of bridging that gap between yeah. DJ world and like live performance world.
0: Yeah. I know I love that. I mean, I saw you perform and killed it.
1: Yeah. Well, you were, you were slaying tickets at the door. You were, oh, yeah. <laughs> you were my <laughs> biggest supporter. I saw, I was just sitting there and you're like, no, this guy's really sick. No, and listen, I'm sitting If you don't you. come to
0: the show, like you're going to die.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, well, things. I don't want that. So
0: yeah, yeah. No, I'm really persuasive. It was me and uh, my friend Abby. Yeah. We were just like selling tickets. And we were like, we were just advertising you. I, I, and we were, I'm sitting
1: right behind you. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, I had to just sit there and be like, I promise I'm sick. Like, whatever yeah. she's <laughs> telling you is probably true. She's so. probably
0: correct. Yeah, she's probably was correct. It? I think that you and Mason came, like, oh, like, he's performing tonight. And I was like, I know. I've been talking about this bitch all night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you guys made us feel super welcome. That was cool. Like, Thank you. It's, it's always really cool when you can hang out and be friends with the promoters. And it's, it's less of a transactional kind of thing. And, like, I felt like as soon as I was talking to Jared and I met all you guys, I'm like, oh, you guys are you guys are cool. Like, yeah. we're, just, we're just hanging out. And yeah. I'm going to try and not blow it tonight. Like, that's the transaction. <laughs> but, you know, we get to kick it. And it's a lot more fun than just showing up into, like, a new city, yeah. state whatever and you just all right I'm here to do the thing yeah it's
0: about the people that you're working with and just hanging out and then yeah. if we can all just like have a friendly vibe and it's not just like you come in and do your show goodbye like I think that's nice a little bit more personal that way too
1: yeah it makes it worth it like music is like as you met my manager Mason yeah and he's my, great. my TM Austin like those are my best some of my best friends and sometimes you do a show by yourself or you know music can get lonely like sometimes at 2am by myself I'm like hunched over making tunes whatever but when that all materializes into playing something like a show and you get the chance to travel with your friends and then meet new ones it's like that's why it's yeah. all worth it like don't get me wrong making music is my favorite part of the process yeah. and it's very i guess isolating at times but when that all culminates into a live show like that's yeah that's the payoff for everyone because then everybody gets to hang out yeah. and have a good time well that's so. the
0: whole thing with anything creative you know like for example, I'm starting to do stand-up comedy, and I'm writing all my jokes like by myself in my room, and then when you get to perform that, that's when it's like, oh, okay, I'm actually funny. Thank God, validation.
1: That's a perfect segue, because my next question was going to be, let me hear a joke.
0: Um, try again in are minutes. You're
1: on air. We made a deal. I was going to talk about myself for a bit, and then you were going to tell me a joke. So.
0: I'll tell a joke later.
1: All right.
0: Cool. Okay. We'll see. I have to warm up. <laughs> Put me on the spot. All right. The next question I was going to ask you was, what do you want to convey with your music?
1: You know, I've like kind of thought about that a lot over the years. And I think I've had people reach out in person, DMs, whatever. And they, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, your music has helped me through a rough patch or things like that. Or it's, you know, it's been the soundtrack to X, Y. Most of the time, the ones that move me the most is when I feel like I can make a positive impact for someone when they're going through a hard time and my music happens to be something they can lean on. And that's the most humbling experience I think an artist can ever have. But I wouldn't say I'm going out there making music to help people. I think that's an amazing side effect. But I think at the end of the day, sometimes if I'm writing music to help myself, I think that in turn is what ends up being relatable. If that song happens to help somebody out or be there for someone, it's because... I needed it for myself. And it then becomes an ancillary thing that other people can relate to. Whereas I think when I first started making music, I I was really hooked on the idea that like, I would love it if, you know, my music could be something for someone. But I I think I started to find that it would start to influence the way I made music because it wasn't myself in mind. And it it sounds selfish, I guess, when you say it like that. But I think at the end of the day, if you want to help other people, you have to help yourself first. Course, and yeah. I think that comes down to anything like mental health or just aligning yourself properly. And I think music is like such a pure distillation of that. And if you are making music for your own enjoyment or for your own therapy, like it's going to be someone else's good time or yeah. someone else's, you know, therapeutic.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I totally crunch. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think with stand up, what's interesting, I have done like a big mental health girl over here, but I think that a lot of the jokes that I make are things about my past or whatever that have been processed correctly now. So I can make jokes about the way that I used to think about things. And that's the part that's funny and relatable. But, you know, a lot of it is like a little bit of pain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, comedy is pain, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah.
0: It, it, do I have to say sad now? Because I have to say funny. Do I have to suffer?
1: I love comedy, and like I've been to therapy and stuff here and there. Like I've I've tuned myself up over the past. But I used to be funnier than I am now. I think because I was like
0: I mean yeah you're pretty dull.
1: I was like I'm I'm kind of a huge fucking bore right now. But I I, I remember like I was talking to buddies about this who were comedians, and they're like, yeah dude we're all like we all hate Fuck ourselves, up. but that's why yeah we're all fucked up, but that's why it's funny. And like I mean you know. Mental health and, like, comedy are so deeply linked. Now people know, like, uh, check on your friends, right? Like, the ones that are the funniest, sometimes they don't necessarily... Natalia's joke,
0: that's a little too harsh. Yeah, (laughs) and I think comedy's (laughs) a way
1: to bounce back. Music's a way to bounce back. Like, pick what you need. You know, pick your vice, I guess.
0: That's what I wanted to say, is that it's not necessarily selfish, is that when you can process your emotions and feelings through music, comedy, whatever creative outlet, I think it's that's that's helping the world in mm-hmm. a way and it's not like you're trying you know you're not doing this like oh i'm gonna save the world today Fuck but no part of just like your own therapy like you said and like your own work is just translates in your music which is really cool Totally. so speaking of your music i will give you a compliment but one compliment only just kidding <laughs> okay
1: well hold on let me get ready
0: yeah get ready All right, what is it he's inflated his chest yeah, um, he's so excited i'm puffing up right now for those who
1: can't see me i'm expecting you're so
0: la oh my god You know, you do have incredible stage presses. Like, you are lit. Wow, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you're jumping around, like, singing, like, engaging with the crowd as much as you can. And you play all the instruments. I was really impressed that you could literally play, I don't know, everything. So tell me that love story.
1: Uh, So as a kid, there was a piano in the house, and I didn't know how to play it, but I kind of, like, smacked the keys around, whatever. And then... My dad would take me to these shows, right? It's like I saw Aerosmith, Scorpions, oh, like okay, UFO, awesome. you know, like real dad rock shit. Yeah, I
0: mean, I love dad rock. It's yeah, alive.
1: and like my Pink Floyd phase was so heavy, I almost oh got God, Dark Side of the Moon tattooed like on really? every I surface. I think
0: I made myself depressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, but everyone was like, "Yeah, we need this right now." Like it was, so I, you know, yeah. everyone, most people have a Pink Floyd phase. Mine was like, "I'm about to fucking get." every album cover tattooed like on my ass or something like i'm I'm committed so the wall yeah yeah definitely the wall i saw
0: that movie way too young but i remember same i I remember like i would go to school and i was like fuck school (laughs) (laughs) really made me realize for a second yeah
1: the wall i think the wall like if i had to name my top musical influence it would be roger waters because that wall was his brainchild and that movie is crazy but the album like front to back i don't know how many times i'm actually planning i'm I was literally about to email this tattoo artist I've been following and I want her to, she does like a certain like mural style tattoo and I yeah. want to get one of the scenes from the wall when the flowers are intertwining. Oh, fuck um, That's awesome. but get like, kind of like, cause the art from that movie is crazy. Anyway, yeah. Pink Floyd's great. Yeah. Um, Love. <laughs> so I was, that is long winded. I always wanted to get into gu- the guitar. So I remember my dad was like, all right, I'll get a guitar, you get a guitar, we'll learn together. And I'm like, all right, old man, see if you can catch up. And he like (laughs) literally never matched me ever. So I ended
0: up keeping his
1: guitar. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And I had two guitars to work with and they were both pieces of shit. But the cool thing was one was a Gibson and one was a Fender and their Epiphone Squire for those who know, but they were like trash versions of like red team, blue team, basically. But it was cool because they were different enough that I could kind of like explore different tones from an early start. And I think I got really into like blues solos and like classic rock solos is kind of like where my bread and butter, like music knowledge was from at the time. So I've been playing guitar since I was like 13, 12 maybe. And I would say it's definitely my most competent instrument, but it is like the backbone. The whole Bard's project started. I was in college. I was producing, learning how to produce really. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I have this guitar that I've been playing forever. And like, I had a huge um, John Butler trio, Andy McKee. Like I was, I'd say acoustic guitar is like my favorite thing in the world. So I was like really into acoustic guitar, but I'd been soloing on like electric guitar for so long. And I started dropping SoundCloud songs into my DAW, like Logic, and just looping them. And I would play guitar over them. And I thought it was super unique. Of course, there was people doing that at the time, but I didn't know. So I'm like, this is super cool. That's cool. So I was like, what if I do a DJ? set where I put my music in there which was absolute trash at the time <laughs> mix it in with music that was not trash and play guitar on top of it and that became like ground zero blueprint for the show that we have now and oh really yeah and this was in college and at the time I I was trying so hard to get booked for a show and this I was back in Tempe Arizona with went school ASU and there was a venue out there called Shady Park and it was like that's the venue we went to for everything they were like the de facto experts on booking electronic music from like house to indie electronic, everything like Odessa style, Grizz, cozy yeah. all that kind of Favorite. stuff. Yeah. So I'm like geeking out, and I'm just like throwing my USB at the promoter, and he just won't have it. And like <laughs> I have a lot of friends. Listen,
0: you always have to ask. You yeah, know. but like
1: he never gave him the time of day, and he's a, he's a good friend of mine now. So Ryan, if you're listening, you were a huge piece of shit back then, but yeah. he came around. So I'm trying to get my USB. Friends are trying to get them to him. He's not biting. <laughs> I end up getting booked through another friend who's throwing her own show and she ends up doing her own event. First show I ever played. It was a huge disaster, but it was like the genesis of like me kind of DJing and playing guitar on top of stuff. I had a little uh, MIDI keyboard there too. And I would do like piano leads, like MIDI leads and do like synth stuff. And it was kind of like just a little 25 key keyboard and a guitar over like a set that I've mixed. Um, Did that. She ended up doing another show and she... Got in contact with the promoter at Shady Park. And it's like a 500-cap venue. Super cool. It's like very cool vibe, whatever. It's this backyard with like bamboo shoots and everything. And they booked me for there. I end up doing the show and it goes well. And I meet the promoter. He ends up booking me for like everything. And I get super lucky because he really enjoyed my set. And I think that was like where things started to take off, at least as far as the shows were concerned. And I played, I must have played like 40 shows there from that's 2017 on it's a
0: lot of shows and i'm
1: actually heading there to do a headliner on april 9th that's cool and it's it's gonna be cool we got custom visuals like we're doing a big but it's cool to come back and like do and a like, homecoming be like thing.
0: professional like yeah
1: for sure yeah. and like i mean the people there that have seen the show the staff they could tell you like it probably used to look like a train wreck but it's no. <laughs> it went from djing with guitar and keys to now we have drums. We have a full 49-key keyboard. I'm singing at shows now. I yeah. have custom time-coded visuals. The, the whole set has gone from, you know, very scrappy to it's. it feels incredibly professional now. And I mean, but that's been over the years. Yeah. But I think that answered your question, like as far as the instruments go.
0: I think so. Hey, I love I love that you're giving us more story time.
1: Yeah. So I love that. I think the show, I wanted to stand out when I was in Arizona getting my start and Arizona has a lot of incredible local talent and a lot of them, for the most part, all of them are DJs. I don't think I knew anyone at the time that was doing a live electronic act at all. You um, like, say less.
0: So I was like, oh, I
1: better like do, I better do this. So I've actually never done a DJ set there. It's oh. always been live. And maybe I think that played to my advantage as far as getting more niche bookings. Yeah. And I think that helped out, got me some festival bookings out there. And then that led to, you know, me traveling to more states and kind of playing awesome. over the country and stuff. I like
0: so. that, seeing that that's where you started and now you get to go back in April and just, like, do it bigger, better. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to be really emotional.
1: Yeah, I'm going to cry for sure. Yeah,
0: cry, cry, cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: I was going to ask, you know, what's your creative process?
1: Uh, dude, who knows? Um, <laughs> no. I yeah,
0: like, Do you, like, draw inspiration from your life? Like, are you telling stories?
1: I think that has changed where I'm at now is I take a really heavy songwriting approach to writing music. If I can get a story in there, I'm going to. And I am a producer at heart. It's hard to say. I really enjoy them both. Yeah. I used to songwrite back in high school with a guitar. Then I kind of put that on the back burner and I started producing heavily. And then I would say I was I'm a producer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then quarantine happened and I had so much time on my hands that I I really went back to the drawing board. Yeah, and (laughs) you know, quarantine obviously sucked, but I think from a creative standpoint, I went back to the drawing board and I was like, let me like, I'm stuck inside. Let me like really think really hard about what I'm trying to do here. And I wasn't really singing on my productions. I kind of put singing aside. Like I kind of did it in high school and then I put it aside and then quarantine came around and I was like, you know what? Why am I not doing this? so every single day, and from march twenty twenty on every single day, I've been religiously working on my voice, doing exercises, like doing oh, really? sound like songwriting like I mean you can see this here. I got a notebook full of like every day like
0: lyrics or lyrics,
1: like- ideas, like I'm just kind of trying to be on my bullshit where I can not waste time and like just be more applicable because. What I used to do is I'd sit down.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, do you like sit down and you're like, I'm writing songs? Or do you, are you just like walking one thing? Like, oh, this will be amazing. And then just write it, write it down. I, like. I
1: think the best songs come from when I don't have time to do them. Like usually 2 a.m. brushing my teeth, going to bed. I'm like, fuck, fuck I Fuck, am going to stay up all night. I night. have <laughs> to. I have to. Or even better, like I sit down and I work every day and it's not always good. But I think me sitting down and working every day keeps like my skills as sharp as they can be. But the best songs come from... You know, you go on a trip. Like, one, I think one of the best songs I ever wrote, I was visiting some friends in another state. was crashing on their couch. Kind of drunk, whatever. We were all going to bed. And I'm laying on their couch and I'm like, whoa. And it comes to me like clear as day, like a melody and a bass line. And I, I literally like do my you know? best to just burn it into my brain because I couldn't yeah. produce it for another um. four days. But I come home and it was still like clear as day in my head. And I got that in. But I think because I write every day and I work every day, I was able to get that idea out quicker and more accurately. So it's basically like luck favors the prepared. And I think that's the way I approach it now where I'm like, inspiration makes the best stuff, but I'm always trying to be like making stuff just in case. And then I think discipline, uh, hopefully it's not turning me into like a hardened asshole. Like I love doing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But when I sit down, when it comes to lyrics and singing, I'll try and write every day but the ones I try and put out are the ones that actually mean something. Yeah. But it's always good to flex the muscle and work on your rhymes and, you know, like flow and things like that. But also, it
0: just feels good to just like – it's just something about just like always working on what you love constantly. Just like – I feel like that makes us feel alive almost.
1: Totally. It
0: does for me at least. I don't know about you. are like, I hate it. It's great. No, <laughs> no I, mean, I know you love it. Yeah. I,
1: I've, a, I've gotten close to burnout a bunch. And over... that's, that's
0: a fine line too because you have to be careful. Like you don't want to do it so much to the point where you're just like this is becoming too much of a job. Mm-hmm. So definitely a fine line between like yeah. taking a beat.
1: I um I used to overwork I think and then I bought an Xbox like six months ago. <laughs>
0: Haven't seen him since.
1: And like no it's it's been weird like I played video games in high school whatever and then like I hadn't played video games since and then I was like you know what I think I need to take a fucking break so <laughs> I bought an Xbox and like I'm like wow this is actually great and like you know watching a movie hanging out with friends rejuvenating yeah. that um creative energy but i think the best songs come after like living life like go out yeah do something with friends go on dates put yourself in positions where like people are gonna say no to you like basically i don't know take risks i think and then you come back and you kind of feel like okay i've lived some life now it's time to like (laughs) squeeze that out into a song yeah but also just like
0: when you live your life you're in a good mood you're having fun I think that creates like the best content. Or no, you're not. Like, or, like or... if life sucks, Even you better. still have something to about. Oh write if someone about. breaks up with me, amazing content.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's all you know, the bottom line, we're still moving, but I forget who said it. They were like and I used to take this approach like my life is for making art, like I live to make art. But Beautiful. I think the other way around, I think to me makes more sense now where art is for life. Like I life love comes that. first. And art... You're a
0: poet, too. What do you know? Yeah, but it's
1: not... That's not me. That's somebody else on the internet. I forget who said it.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I was about to give full credit. No, no, no. like, damn,
1: But I resonate you? with it because it's like, okay, I literally... If you break down my life and you, like, write it down, this guy lives f- to make art. Like, yeah. I, it's, it consumes me. Like, I like to snowboard, but I don't have any hobbies. You know what I mean? Like, I do this shit all the time.
0: Yeah. But... It's an extension of who you are, too.
1: For sure. And, like, I think if art is to decorate life, then... It doesn't have to be so serious. And I think art needs to be serious, but also not precious at the same time for it to mean anything. You have to be, like, careless, but also so careful with it at the same time. It's this weird dichotomy where if you care too much, you're going to break it. But you have to kind of be careless enough to, like, let it kind of fall out of your brain sometimes. Interesting. But I don't know.
0: You're really well spoken. (laughs) I had a
1: couple cups of coffee today. Oh, excellent. So you're
0: really caffeinated and ready to go. Yeah, that was beautiful. Beautifully put. So, you know, speaking of music, writing music, your process, tell me about your new EP. Tell me all about it.
1: So I am rolling out an EP right now on Lowly and Chill Nation, uh, the record label. We just dropped the second single off of that last Thursday. So go run it up. It's called Grounded. It's with my friend Sterling and a handful of other songwriters on this one, which is super cool because usually I will write or I'll write with another person, but I actually they usually happen at the same time. Like I make the song and I song write with, you know, other people or, or by myself and like that's the song kind of comes together and it yeah. converges. But this one, I actually had this beat I was working on for like three years. Yeah, this song I saw is Yeah, I on cold. your
0: post as I was stalking you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for this interview, for the purpose of an interview, of course. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that you said that it took like about like three years. So I kind of wanted to hear more about that journey.
1: Yeah, very strange music doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. Like the song the first song on the EP that came out was one of my more recent ones. We wrote it, we, we shipped it and we we're just good to go. And everything worked out. Um, this one, I had this instrumental that it took me so long to like fashion it into what it is, but it it was so I loved it so much, I just didn't know what to do with it. And then I came into contact with Sterling and he's like, Hold up, I have this song that I've written with three other people. It's like four yeah. songwriters on the track and he's like they fit together like interlocking pieces. And it just he just like sent it over to I me. I love
0: that. When just things just like work. Yeah, suddenly.
1: very. It never happens like that for me. But it no. <laughs> kind of fell into place. Like, you
0: have to manifest.
1: But I mean like to have a fully finished song, like a vocal and a story. And it just like laid on top. I and mean, we made adjustments, right? Like yeah. then I got to tweaking and we added like a chorus at the end, what have you. But basically that all came together. That just came out super excited. Two more songs coming out before April and very different. The next one that comes out after this is like a pretty heavy hitting electronic instrumental that I've been playing in my shows forever. And I'm super excited to finally get it out. That song's like three years old. Oh really? And the song at the very end, I wrote at the beginning of quarantine. And it's probably one of my favorite things I've ever written. Oh, I, um, wow. it was very much like, me piano by myself like alone uh, in my apartment uh, in the beginning was, of quarantine kidding. super bummed and then i ended up i was like i don't think i should sing on this and i ran into maddie earl who's going to be the featured singer on that track so she sang um the lyrics on it and she crushed it basically super excited and how that's do you all gonna...
0: decide which one you want to sing for somebody else
1: uh i've been pretty selfish lately i think when i write if i'm just <laughs> writing by myself i'm usually writing for myself if I songwrite with uh, my buddy Austin, who's my tour manager, he's an amazing songwriter as well. If him and I write together, usually it's a lot more open to who's going to take the song. And we've done songs in the past where I've had, you know, oh, a guy should be on this, or this feels like more like a girl vocal. But when I write, I'm writing it in like a range that sounds best in my voice because I'm writing it. So, that's true, And yeah. it's usually really personal. But with this song, I think, so the song that's going to come out little leak it's called vices it was in like the thick of quarantine and it's about my battle with creativity and a lot of my peers were having the same kind of problem it was yeah. like, i was like i felt so drained because i couldn't go out and experience life because i was it was yeah. arizona it was hot it's like 120 degree yeah. summers and it was quarantined so you yeah. really couldn't leave your place
0: yeah and you were saying how important to you it is that you live your life for you to stay creative totally. which i think it was a challenge for everybody during that time too
1: yeah it was it was hard and I think once that well was tapped, I was turning myself, I was turning to vices. I was like, oh, I guess I'll drink at 11. Cause like, what are oh. we going to do? And, <laughs>
0: Same. You know, it was it was
1: fun for a while, but then I was like, oh shit, like I'm turning to vices to yeah. keep the lights on because I can't go out and do anything else. So the song's kind of about that. But because I knew I wasn't the only one going through this and like the whole planet was going through it basically, yeah. I wanted to have someone else sing it because I think it's it was a more universal problem than a personal one.
0: So I thought, okay, I like
1: this, this girl, she's amazing. She should definitely sing it. And she has this, like, I don't want to say nervous, but this kind of like anxious tone in her voice that like mm-hmm. the way she delivered it was amazing. And, and perfect I think
0: for imperfectly perfect. Yeah. Yeah. way you're trying to convey.
1: Yeah. And I, I was like, this, it has to be her. And it, her vocal became more of like a part of the song versus like a standout element, the way that, I produced it and it's a lot of reverb and it's this like floaty thing on top. And I just wanted the whole thing to be kind of like a fever dream in a way, but that comes out at the end. So stay tuned. Uh, (laughs) So excited. Yeah. So that'd be cool.
0: Oh, I love that. But know, I want to get a little saucy. I feel like some of your songs do touch on mental health and kind of talking to you now, I can see that's important to you for sure. Is there a song that's like very personal to you? Something that is like just something that just really touches your soul? Something that was very emotional for you. Just very you, I guess.
1: Well, it's the one I was just like this one? blabbing about, Vices, okay. but it's not out yet. It is probably the most important thing I think I've written uh, for myself and maybe others too. But I um, think
0: it'll be really relatable. So I it think, sounds like it for sure.
1: Yeah, I hope so. But like, I'd say ones that are already out. Let me think. So Save Myself. I wrote that with my friend Austin and it's, it was more of his story, but we had both experienced what that song's about, but he's the one who brought it to the table.
0: Yeah.
1: I had the instrumental kind of, I had the guitar riff laid down and I had the, oh, oh, oh uh, like that thing. Oh, look at him go. So yeah, we're singing on the podcast. <laughs> um, did you turn the auto tune on real quick? Yeah. <laughs> so that was, I guess the little hooks were there and then he came in and he's like, dude, I'm going through this right now. I was like, me too. But then he laid out, Love that. you know, it, it was kind of about moving to a new city and like kind of that whole EP, that whole burn bright EP was, it was a four part story about, you know, losing in the spark, moving to a new city to find it, getting caught up in the wrong crowds and then realizing you got to pull yourself out. That is one, two, three, four.
0: Yeah.
1: And four is save myself that I got to pull myself out, but no one's going to do it for me. I got to do it myself. Yeah. That's what that song is about. Um,
0: Got chills, I'm like,
1: Ooh. yeah, <laughs> it's um, people have been there before for sure, but you know, I think that whole EP, Burn Bright, is about you know, you need to change, yeah, save myself. The song that comes after that, which is also one of my favorites, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I
0: love that song, the melody is just so beautiful. Thank you. That's yeah. something that I was looking for when I was uh listening to your music before you came to Yucca. I just kept playing that on repeat because it was just so good. That's my driving that. song through the woods. <laughs>
1: Um, that same, or sorry, Skin Deep. Yeah. Number two, Concrete Jungle, number three with the instrumental and then Save Myself. So that whole packaged story, I think is super important.
0: I really like your whole journey and how you're writing songs. It sounds like, especially having your friends that are so creative, that sounds like such a fun experience.
1: I'm nothing without them for real. Like,
0: that's so cute. Like, so Skin
1: Deep, (laughs) the second one on that EP was Austin and I writing. And then we also had... Dan and Vanna, two other singers I've had on songs in the past, help co-write that track as well. But yeah, I think writing with other people is always fun because you can kind of get this like group mind melt, like what everyone's kind of feeling and like the greatest shared unified feeling kind of like rises to the top after enough time spent writing and then you can kind of write about something that everyone understands. But then writing by yourself is also really fun because you're like... Man, I must be really fucked up because like <laughs> this is coming out of my <laughs> head, and but you can like you can flush out the idea. You yeah, know? yeah, that's um,
0: awesome. I interviewed Robbie and Jared with Spot Lab, and one of the questions that I asked them was, "How is it like working with friends?" Because uh, usually they tell you, "Don't do that." That's the worst thing you could possibly do. But they kind of said something similar, where like, I don't know, like we love each other, like we work well together. We know how we think. We know what bothers us, what doesn't. So. It's nice. Maybe I should start working with my friends more.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, I think like people have been saying that, but I think in the more traditional business sense, like don't mix friends and money. Right. Right. But we're all musicians, so we're all super broke. There is no money, <laughs> you know, work with your friends because, you know, there's so many people out there and most people are nice. Some people suck. So yeah. why would you work with people you don't like, you yeah. know? And At- also
0: we're lucky in that all your friends love this you know yeah you could have friends that have they're all scientists or something like that so I think that it's a testament to who you are as a person because you have all these great friends that love you and want to support you and now you're supporting one another so so cute I love yeah, that for you adorable. guys We're... it's adorable you guys have to go the whole hands after yeah, this? we always do yeah. every night yeah. <laughs> What do you have a three bedroom? Yeah, no, we should me. all be
1: in one bedroom. I, honestly, We're just all, yeah, like, I just get a giant
0: bed. Yeah. I, I think I think that's a bit smooth move mm-hmm. for you guys. I love that for you. Sorry to make you uncomfortable. That's
1: cool. We already <laughs> do that, so it's fine. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, wow, you getting an inside scoop on your living situation. How nice.
1: Yeah, me and my managers, we spoon every night. I mean, we go good. But <laughs> that way, you know, if we have any crazy dreams, we'll be like, no, I'm here. It's okay. Oh,
0: baby, I'm here. I just picture Mason. No, we, ha- like, we are too <laughs>
1: fucking close to each other, dude. Like, the walls are thin. We're all making music. Like, Mason's pissed because he doesn't make music and he hears us making music the whole time. And he's like, dude, but it's cool. We're all friends. It's all We're good. Out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like you're doing something that really makes you happy. What's the biggest challenge you have faced in your journey so far?
1: Yeah, I would say the biggest hurdle that's probably never-ending is, like, tempering my expectations to the real world. I think, you know, there are gatekeepers, certain things. Like, I'm always looking for the next step, and I'm always trying to, like, grow and add the right people to the team. And, you know, obviously I want to go on, like, a, a national or world tour one day, and there's things that need to happen before that can happen. Yeah. And I think my biggest hurdle is like not getting caught up in the fact that i suck at tiktok or like you know Um, whatever trend is happening it's like the type of person i am you're gonna get the best music if i'm making music not making dance videos that's just (laughs) me and absolutely no shade on anyone who is crushing social media because i also make a lot of videos for social media i just put out a I do singing covers of my own tracks when they come out, especially yeah. if another singer has done that particular song. I do like an acoustic cover because I want to show people, listen, I'm a musician, first and foremost. I The videos I'm going to show you are going to be the ones like of me recreating my songs, playing them back, whatever guitar, singing, what have you. Now, the algorithm doesn't always favor that. It, sometimes yeah. it favors more quirky, funny things or relatable things. and like yeah.
0: But I like that because you're being yourself and then... I think that it's really important, and like I think it makes you connect to fans and other people to see like it almost makes you more human. I think, which is nice. Seeing like the acoustic moments or like the little mistake on the strum or the guitar or something like mm-hmm. that. So I think that yeah, the algorithm, fuck the algorithm, it's stupid, <laughs> sometimes yeah. stupid, but it was really smart.
1: But you know, I also have peers that have done them to their truest, like they just do what they do on TikTok, and it's like of a more musical sense than more of like a comedy kind of thing or a yeah or a how to. And they've blown up and they're seeing great success. Uh, Shout out Eula; He's crushing it. Um, Oh, that's cool. So, and like, that's awesome. But I think my biggest hurdle is tempering my expectations being like, listen, I'm going to make this video because I want to, and it's going to do how it's going to do.
0: Yeah. I like that. That's good though. That's a healthy way to look at it.
1: I'm not good at it, but that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah,
0: (laughs) You're like, I'm crying about that every night. I mean,
1: (laughs) it's tough, right? Like, And everybody goes through this. Like everybody can be their own influencer these days like i say influencer that's, because like yeah. that's kind of what we're doing right now like if i could throw my phone into the fucking pacific ocean and make beats all day i would but then nobody would know <laughs> when those beats come out so that's kind of the world we live in and there's always been shitty sides to the music industry oh you gotta vie for radio play you gotta go to this bar hopefully an a&r's there and he'll catch you play your set in front of 12 people right you know Oh, you gotta up CD sales. Well, we better buy a bunch of them ourselves on the first day so we can hit record charts, and then we can make other Billboard news. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like that
0: happens, of course. <laughs> People have been fluffing
1: numbers in all capacities forever and always. I I don't think that's the way, because in my opinion, and maybe I'm like hoping I'm a purist in the sense if the music is good enough even to one person, you know when you hear a song and you're like, God damn, and you just you gotta show it to someone. You're like, Dude, you please, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> now. I'm never going to make it because if that's what I'm relying on, hopefully we still got to do marketing. Like the art's got to be cool. Like I still got to go on, you know, Instagram and do stupid stories and be like, Hey, what's up guys?
0: Hey guys. Don't
1: get me wrong. (laughs) I love chatting with people. Like if people hop in the DMS or they comment, I've had like. Honestly, some super cool conversations with fans where they're like, they ask about the process, and you know, that's, I have I have time, so I'll hop in and I'll say what's up. And by no means am I like, is my inbox flooding? Like I got time. <laughs> He's in there. like,
0: oh, I have to check my DMs and increments. Yeah, and no, it's no, flooding. I'm not. not I that haven't sick. gotten back to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just too many.
1: <laughs> but there there are times where it's like, you know, I can't always. But sometimes like, uh, someone's like super sweet message comes through, whatever. Or we shoot the shit. Social media is great for that. But I think you just got to do, you got to do what you can handle.
0: Yeah. And this
1: is to anyone else out there that's like hustling and in some artistic fashion or, you know, you're Gary Veeing your way through some sort of business. Like hustle culture kind of messed me up
0: Um, in the beginning because I was like,
1: I have all this time, especially in quarantine. I'm like, I better do something. Yeah. But I think if you're a creative person, this is me telling myself this two months ago, four months ago, a year ago, whatever. So if you're listening, like take time. Watch a movie. Netflix is okay. Read a book. Yeah,
0: you're allowed to like slum yeah. slug for a little bit.
1: Like because if you don't do that, you're never gonna wanna turn the computer yeah. back on and work on the things that you do wanna work on. Yeah. So take but the also time.
0: Give yourself time also to pick up those things slowly. Like you can, like for example, for you produce music all day, like meet with all these recording artists, and then also and then I have to do this on TikTok and I have to do Instagram. Like that's a lot. And I feel like slowly as you grow, Everything else will go along with it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I feel like you have to give yourself credit. Because, you know, you got people that have teams that do this for them. But when you're starting out, you don't have that luxury. So you kind of have to do everything yourself. And that's a lot. Definitely. So some people can do it. But if you are not there where you can do it all at this moment, like that's totally fine. It's part of the process and part of growing, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said it best, do what you can. I will say, though, I think I pushed myself really hard at a certain point And I saw where my breaking point was. And I'm glad I did because now I know when I'm getting close. So maybe, you know, work real, real hard and almost kill yourself, but don't. And then be like, (laughs) okay, now I can dial it back. But then you know, because you're also capable of a lot more than you think you are. And no one in the beginning, no one's going to do it for you. Like I have an amazing team right now. I still have the main control over socials, all things creative, but I have an amazing team to help me with all the uh, administrative side of things. and. I'm working with a creative director now who can tell me when my ideas suck. So that's super cool. (laughs) But (laughs) before I came into contact with these people, it was like, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. But it's better that way. Yeah. Because then you can understand the process and you can speak intelligently to the people you're now placing in these seats. But it's it's like, you know, you can't manage a restaurant if you don't bust tables first. I think that's the way you should look at it.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, and I was going to ask. So kind of going off of externalization, oh, my God, I can't speak anymore.
1: <laughs> do not cut this. Leave it all in. This is all organic. Yeah, so organic, all... I yeah. can't
0: talk. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, your industry, there's a lot of validation involved, right? Like, your millions of DMs. <laughs> I don't. I do not. Uh, I don't know. We have to show me. Nope. <laughs> you know, so that's a, that's a big thing, though. I mean, I guess everybody does need validation to an extent, but a lot of it can be a little bit toxic for you and unhealthy, so, I want to ask if not validation, like what drives you?
1: Well, no one's going to say that they're not externally motivated. Like, if, like, I love that jacket. Deadass, that's a cool jacket. And now you're like, oh, that's like, a cool jacket. Me,
0: thank you. But it is, I, it's a
1: fucking sick jacket. And to extrapolate on that as a whole, like, you know, shows are so much fun because if you're lucky enough and people are cheering for you, it's confirmation that the thousands of hours you put in your room writing songs, fine-tuning a set, practicing that guitar solo over and over, singing, what have you. People cheering is like, hey, buddy, you're doing it right. Please yeah. continue to do it. But also, when I first started playing shows, I was like so scared all the time. Now, I mean, I've done enough now to the point where I can get on there. And now I can actually have like a a conversation with people on stage. Like you were talking about stage presence earlier. Yeah, I used to be kind so of a stick up there. Oh, really? You oh, yeah. look
0: so comfortable. You're just... You're like a little flea, just like hopping from place to place, <laughs> like living your best life. That's because like, I'm
1: also a psycho. Like, I gotta move. But <laughs> I think now, like, when you do something enough times, I am lucky enough to be comfortable where I can make eye contact with someone. If they're singing lyrics, if I'm lucky enough for that, you know, you can sing them <laughs> back. You can, like, you can kind of go head to head on a guitar solo and, like, people are jamming. So that's, you know, that's all validation and it's amazing. But I think that only really goes so far because then when quarantine happened and none of us were playing shows, I was like, man, why am I so depressed? Well, it's because I'm <laughs> it's, not playing shows. Yeah,
0: it's like a dopamine hit, you know? Yeah. You're like, it feels amazing at the time. And then once it's gone, you're like, but, but.
1: Yeah. And, but. Attention. <laughs> <laughs> there's like this void that you used to fill and not saying like, it, I'm fine. You know what I mean? But it was like, oh damn, I really wish I could play shows right now. And then, you know, after two years of not playing shows, I think it was maybe a year and a half, I get like one of the bigger bookings I've ever had. It's me and Big Gigantic. I haven't played a show in a year and a half. It's a brand new show. I'm singing for the first time live ever since high school. Talent oh, shows. ever! I, high
0: school talent shows. <laughs> I
1: incorporated like live singing only if like a handful of shows ago, and that was the first show. So I'm like, and my manager was like, "Hey, maybe don't, you know, just get get your sea legs back." And I was like, "Nope, I'm gonna do it all because I just want to get this <laughs> shit over with." I've never been more nervous before in my life, but I hop on stage and like it was like muscle memory where I'm like, "Oh, I got this." And then we do the show. Luckily, the crowd was very receptive they were amazing like they made me feel validated in that moment and i was like this is great and it You're was like oh
0: finally <laughs> yeah
1: but it was been waiting all year <laughs> that show and then I, the show's over and i go i you know that was in arizona i go back to california and i'm like whoa okay lonely, yeah now I so <laughs> yeah i want to do more but i think like it made me realize like okay if i could just do that a year and a half and not play shows and then play a show and feel like night and day like dopamine serotonin whatever i was like this can't be what i rely on so i've been really trying hard lately to be more motivated by the fact that i show up every day and i i I have this like i mean people can't see this but let me describe it to you atomic habits by james clear great book basically taught me if you want to have good habits just like keep yourself accountable and do a little checklist, whatever. So do you I have, have like little
0: check marks in
1: there? I do this is daily. I do these things every day. Wait,
0: that's adorable. So I mean I'll read
1: them off to you. First one is make your fucking bed, you piece of shit. So I make my bed you, every day.
0: Do you like put piece of shit in there? Like no, of being course yourself not. Yourself? Like, I love myself. Be hilarious. I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> um, comedy is pain. So but like I journal every day. I do like mixing, like this thing called sound gym where I like fine-tune the ear while I'm mixing. I make sure I sweat, like go to the gym or like run something. I create every day, sing, meditate, all these like little things, but they're all super quick little guys, and if I do that in a day, the day's a win for me, yeah,
0: so I love that. I can see all your check marks, uh, yeah, low. and that that
1: was born from quarantine, like I used to be more of like a fuck it I'm an artist like I no schedule <laughs> vibes only but I will say, I used to just kind of like fly by the seat of my pants and let it flow, but now I kind of have like. A morning schedule, at least, and then I start creating music, and I do that for as long as the song is going to let me do that for. Yeah, but honestly, sticking to that has given me so much internal validation because if I'm like, if I can make my own bed every day, it's then I know it's going to be easier. Yeah, thank you. Like
0: <laughs> it is well. People are like,
1: man, this guy's like a huge piece of shit. No, like no, it's. The- I'm it's it's a good way right to start.
0: Looks amazing. It's all right. There's two pillows and everything. <laughs> they don't have a weird coloring, and so he has the shit together.
1: I do have my shit together, and look, there's like the dress pillow right there on the side that matches the comforter.
0: Wow. So yeah, You're we're so fancy. Adult. I clearly
1: didn't like doll it up for you. I should have. Uh, but, you should have. Sorry.
0: You need an extra. Uh, so extra we're in, pillow in my bedroom now. right now because oh, yeah. <laughs> it has the best It
1: has sound treatment, yeah. not because. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not because of anything. <laughs> it has the best soundproofing. It, it is
1: soundproof, which is here.
0: also oh, you, you could kill you in here if you wanted to. I hope you don't.
1: That got weird than oh, it was sorry. supposed to. Yeah, um, I took
0: it to murder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if I can create a system where I can get little wins, I'm going to be building momentum. And the the little wins that I'm trying to get every day are incremental gains that over a year, two years, five years, they're going to compound and they're going to make me the person I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But I think my, my shit's gotten better because I work on the foundational things that make me... A healthier happier kind of person and then the music yeah. is going to
0: it's reflecting that for sure
1: yeah i think it'll be better you it's,
0: know yeah i mean i you can tell that you put in so much work like you're not just winging it and
1: i am winging it for sure it doesn't yeah. seem
0: that way which is all that matters
1: <laughs> on stage though i for sure black out and like after an hour i'm like what happened actually I do... a joke
0: that i make on stage about white guys
1: <laughs> is, oh yeah you're gonna tell me the joke now I'll tell you the joke it's now been 10 minutes all
0: right <laughs> no i I mean, I'm not gonna give you the whole bit, but I do make a joke about how I've dated so many white guys in my time because I'm just trying to make my mom happy and so we can fulfill the American dream. So I just say that the most powerful thing I've learned from dating white guys is that it's about having white man confidence and just acting like you know how to do everything, even if you don't know. What the and none going of us on? do. I live my life like a white guy now. I'm just, look at me. I get all these Look, I convinced you to do this podcast. White man confidence.
1: Wow. Yeah. I only did it because it exuded white man confidence. It did.
0: It was really powerful. You know what? That can
1: just be called confidence, too. Like, more than just white people have that. I
0: know. But it's where the joke comes in. (laughs) I have to bring race into it. (laughs) I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. (laughs) This is
1: your comedy bit now. I'm done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're done now. I don't know. It wasn't even a bit. I've just kind of told you what the joke was about. It's funnier on stage. I promise. I'm better in person.
1: (laughs) We are in person. It sucked.
0: <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so what's next for you? I guess we kind of talked about it already.
1: Yep. Just working on some shows uh, in other parts of the country for the fall and winter. So um, if you are on the other side of the country, I you might be coming to your town. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not going to say too much now, but I will be bouncing around. So that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Bringing the new show with custom, to a T, like, visuals, as you saw in Flagstaff. We yeah. have, like, a very, like, tight-knit, time-coded experience with the live visual side of things, which is super cool. And I can't wait to show everybody. So that would awesome. be cool.
0: And you, when's your show at Shady Park? Give us the dates.
1: Shady Park in Tempe is going to be Saturday, April 9th. It's going to be so fucking cool because Can I'm going to do something super special for that bringing out special guests
0: that's me just kidding um,
1: <laughs> we will have a comedy intro by yours truly no I'm we will guest. be bringing out special guests um
0: some special. singers
1: maybe some extra guitar players Ooh. we will be um i think my fucking grandparents are gonna come so they're super sick Hell so i'm mean, yeah, to come and amazing. watch my grandparents absolutely go batshit crazy because yeah, they get down amazing. yeah they're super cool you know
0: it's funny harmonics parents they come to all his show and he plays like hard like Hard. Yeah,
1: and they're like, "What do we?" They're like head do? banging,
0: and they're like doctors, and they're they're wild. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. My mom wouldn't have it. Patricia actually would. Patricia, Patricia would. She would. She'd throw down for yeah, sure. Yeah, she'd throw down. Yeah. Yeah, she might not like all the impressions I make of her, but it's okay. She'll <laughs> forgive me. Better to say sorry than ask for permission. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Super true. So the last question I have for you, and I end every podcast with the same question: If you could go back in time and give you know a little Bards a piece of advice, what would it be, and why?
1: Mm. You're not going to go to medical school, so stop. Oh my God, (laughs) Because I was pre-med psychology (laughs) until I got my diploma. It still says that, but I was like, no, I'm going to be a DJ. And my parents were like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with you? But I would have been like, hey, maybe earlier, like, don't take those AB classes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I did. You
0: could have been policy, Natalia.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could have been. I mean, I think going to college was, you know, it shaped me in amazing ways, but- should I have been stressed out for four years? And then be like, nope, <laughs> probably not. Just kidding. So, <laughs> now, if you're young and aspiring, don't fucking listen to me. Like still yeah, chase your dreams. Doctor. But when you decide to change them, if you decide to change them, don't beat yourself up for it.
0: Yeah. you know. I was on the same boat. I was also pre-med. Was, I'm going to be a doctor. You know, classic immigrant parents. So then I told my parents that I wasn't going to do it. And they're like, oh, I moved to America for what? <laughs>
1: honestly though i feel that
0: i want to do comedy and my was like oh my god (laughs) she's supportive that
1: has to be your funniest joke on stage like they're like what the fuck and you're like i'm gonna live do me mom like (laughs) i
0: was like mom i want to do a podcast and just be funny now and she's Uh, like oh my god she's like it's okay i just left your whole family for you to try this i'm like yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah you chase your dreams dude yeah of course
0: I'm chasing I'm running your parents
1: will come around and if they don't then don't worry about it you know
0: they'll come around especially when you start to make money off of it you know for sure gotta prove them Gotta prove them wrong.
1: I know with my folks in particular, they were kind of like, "Hey man, what are you doing?" And then my dad came to my first show and he was like, I was like, that's my boy. Let me help you buy t-shirts." Like, oh <laughs> he was so like, cute. he was team Bards after the first show, but prior to that, he's kind of like, "Hey man, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's um, like
0: I thought we were gonna flex on your doc on uh, the white coat ceremony.
1: Yeah, but they, I mean, dude, they're so supportive now. That's like beautiful. my parents are. They come to every. They're fucking crazy. If you're listening right now, mom and dad, you guys come to every show, and I love you for it. Um, but you guys are super supportive and not everybody has that, you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that like I have the best support system from friends, best friends, childhood, you know, family, whatever. Yeah. People have my back, so like it's not like I can be like, "Oh, no one believed in me, but I still did it." It's like, no, dude, everyone believes in me, so I can't fuck this up. I love
0: that. See that you never hear that. You always hear the, "Oh, no one believed." Uh, No, people believe, man,
1: and I'm like, I feel like I owe them like something. Yeah, I I have to play Coachella because (laughs) you know they got my back. Ooh, that'd be great.
0: What stage would you pick at Coachella? Let's manifest their Coachella
1: stage? Well, I already have my speech planned out. I've been going to Coachella. Every year since twenty thirteen. Are you going this year? Of course, Me I've never too. missed a year, yeah. so I'll see you there. See you
0: there. Don't look too close. I might be looking a little crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're one of those. You're gonna be like you know, chomping like. I'm gonna
0: around. be no. Whoa, I will never. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember I was like in high school, and I was in the Sahara tent. I saw C two C. I think Dylan Francis played after him, and I was like, oh shit, I want to do this. So if I'm <laughs> yeah. lucky enough to play Coachella one day, you will. Hopefully, it's the Doolab first. Like, let me earn my kids. I love cape. the
0: Doolab. I was hoping you would say that.
1: Yeah, Doolab. I don't know if it would be the best fit. I'm more of a Mojave, Sahara,
0: I feel Maine that for you. I just, the, Doolab, the architecture is just so
1: cool. I will be at the Doolab. Maybe I won't play. But yeah. Doolab would be super cool.
0: Don't look too closely while he's dancing. I mean,
1: just yeah. Kidding. Don't. Obviously, main stage would be super cool. I would like to be true to myself and get some real fans before I sell out. But hopefully, you know... <laughs> <laughs> if if I'm lucky enough to get the main stage I will do my best to not blow it and people will love it so that'd be super cool Yeah, but we'll see I don't know oh
0: well, I love that well thank you so much for doing this you're really awesome and I'm excited to see your career take off and I think it will thanks for having me yeah of course and you know keep doing this I can't wait to see your show in April I'm just gonna go I've decided right now I'm going and Still, I'm gonna make everybody go
1: that was a high five handshake that was a high five. for those it who it was a little see. sweaty it's yeah. a little high in the valley it's pretty hot here <laughs> dude yeah I'm a uh, I'm sweating for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's okay. It's not recorded, so you're good to go.
1: They can't hear it.
0: Well, yeah. Do you have any closing statements? Anything else you want to say? Thanks for wrong? listening. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Hope that
1: was entertaining. It
0: was. I hope. I think it was. We were pretty funny. I mean, me more so than you. But I mean, you know. it's your job, so yeah, I
1: hope so. Fair.
0: This is your chance to also plug your stuff.
1: Oh. oh yeah. Um, I forgot that. Before I was thinking before, like...
0: Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I forgot you have to No, play. what
1: would be funny? This podcast is brought to you by Tender Greens, and then we go to some <laughs> bullshit like use um bard's 20 and get 20 percent off your fucking salad or oh, whatever
0: what if it works it's probably it. not gonna
1: work uh i don't have anything to plug check out my music
0: your instagram you might
1: like one of them yeah i mean go to instagram whatever but like honestly check out the music and if you're on Instagram, sometimes I post. It's a lot of shit posting on stories, um, so that's funny.
0: I like the Mario one.
1: I, I've been into the Flappy Bird you're thing. You're really into that. Where one. you try and like get the well, bird. Well, I thought it was between. Mario.
0: Wow, I'm so same old. vibe. But
1: do, did you ever play Flappy Bird? Like, no. It was around like back when I was in college, like what 2014, and it's this app where you tilt the phone um, and you get the bird. I was having fun
0: in college
1: yeah I was I, I was time. doing that in lecture that's oh. I was in like <laughs> OChem, like knowing I'm not gonna pass this class so I'm fucking around fly. everybody was yeah. the game was super addicting anyway I didn't
0: play
1: go to my stories to watch me fuck around it's super fun uh, check out the music if you like music if you don't I don't know why you're still here but <laughs> you know give it a shot it could be cool that's all I gotta say well
0: yeah thank you guys as always do what empowers you do what makes you happy and farewell bye later. Sure.